Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. surrender afresh our lives to the sovereignty of God and help to welcome the Holy Spirit in. I tell you, God is here right now to meet with you. And Mick, I know you're visiting with us this morning, but it's not by accident that you're here. And I, and I as we're worshiping, I felt like God said that you've walked a tough journey. And you've had some things happen to you that were like kind of a side swipe that came out of left field. But God says He knows. And He knows your heart. And He knows that you've walked through. And, and I see clouds parting. And I see the, the touch of God coming upon your life fresh. I see doors opening that have to this point remained shut. And some of them were shut by man. But, but I feel God saying this morning, Son, I love you. You're, you're favoured of heaven. Walk in my ways and watch what I will do. And I see God opening doors that man has shut and making right what is wrong. But just know that God loves you. And we're glad that you're here this morning. God loves you. Come on, we give God a mighty hand. Church, we need Jesus. If I say nothing else this morning, we need Jesus. We need more of Jesus. We need to be filled afresh. We need... To have such a hunger, a burning hunger and desire. I love what Justin was saying. Who is Jesus? Because we sing songs like this. You're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. You're the light in the darkness. That is who you are. But do we believe that is who he is? Because right now, every single one of you has a need in your world that only Jesus can fill. And we don't need more church for church sake. We need church to come together as a a unified body, a a community of faith to lift high the name of Jesus. Because we're better when we've got Jesus. Our society is blessed when we're more like Jesus. When we don't live for self and we live for us, not me. And I I just feel like God wants to do something. We aren't in this time in history. We aren't facing what we're facing right now in history for us to become more religious or more self-centered or more bless me. God, bless me. I need more. We are in this place right now to get desperate and hungry and desire more of him so that we can take it out into a hurting and broken world. And you know what? There was Justin was saying that we were able to bless some people in our community and, and, and abroad and, and C3 Australia sent 150,000. And, and um, Chris Love was telling me before that Christians from all over the world are doing amazing, are rallying at this time, and that a group of Christians chartered planes themselves and, and, and rescued 5,000 people out of Kabul. We can make a difference. Each of us can do something. What is your something? What can you do? What can you do to make a difference in the earth today? And it starts right where we're at is we have a serving font here that grows, like a pebble being thrown into a pond. Do what you can do here and now and watch that grow exponentially. We need Jesus. We need Jesus in every single thing we do. 
every decision we make. And a beautiful family in our church last week gave me a whole lot of gift cards to go and just distribute in the community to people in need. And I was riding on Monday. I thought, I'm just going to go for a ride and clear my head for a few hours. And as I was riding, I felt like God said, open your eyes. I'm like, what? Open your eyes. And I think there's times where we do life on autopilot. Yeah. I'm busy. I've got stuff to do. I've got calls to make, emails to send, texts to return. I'm, I'm busy. And I find my importance in my business. Yeah. I feel like God said, open your eyes. And as I opened, you know, I started looking as I was writing, I saw a woman sitting in her car in our state, which isn't unusual, but it was the middle of the day. I thought, okay. And he said, keep looking. And as I looked, there was a little foot on the dashboard. And I looked in and there was a kid on his computer, which was a little unusual because it's the middle of the day. But God said, they're living out of their car. And I, was, so I, was, I rushed home to grab one of these gift cards because it was significant. The amount on each card was significant. And I said, like, God, let them be there. God, let them be there. God, let So I, I, then, I still had all my riding gear on. I just jumped in the car and, I, I, and they were still there. I said, could I do something? And the ladies looking at me like, what do you want? And then I realized there was another kid in the back seat as well. So this is a family in our community, in paradise, in Noosa, in, God's, in the lucky country living out of their car. I said, I'd just like to bless you. I've, I've got this and I'd just like to give, she goes, what is it? And like I said, it was significant, the amount on this car. I said, I just want you to know that God loves you. And if there's ever anything else you need, just, just look at our website. We will do whatever we can. Tears start pouring down our face. We don't need more religion. We need faith where rubber hits the road where at some point we step out, don't look for the solution for me, but we look for the solution for us. Because the Bible says that it's God's will that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. The way people come to eternal life is when we love God and start looking to God so we look like God and reflect God in the earth. Can I encourage you? We can make a difference. We're the catalyst. We're the start. Noosa and the Sunshine Close is going to be a blessed place because we step out beyond ourselves this week and we do something and we pray for someone and we, you know, and I wouldn't have even seen that lady if I hadn't been God conscious. If I hadn't have said, you know what, and, and I share that scripture all the time, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ yet. Just that God consciousness. If you speak God honestly. God wants to speak to you this week because God wants to use you powerfully to bring transformation and life to somebody else. Amen. Amen. Can we thank the guys? You are brilliant. Thank you for practicing. I love that. I love that, as Amanda was saying last week, that God and my spirit intertwined. So everything Justin's been saying this morning, Pete shared this morning, is kind of what I want to touch on and talk about. But who's ready for the word this morning? We need more of Jesus and we need more of his word. But the title of my message today is Identity Theft. Identity Theft. And one of the most asked questions of all time is, who am I? Everybody's searching, who am I? Who am I and why am I here? Why have I been put on this planet? What, what is my purpose in life? And we know Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you or not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope, but, but who I am I? And I want to encourage you today, you don't have to find who you are, just find him. Yeah. 
It says, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15. God wants you to connect yourself afresh, daily, uh, again, purposely, intimately with him every day. But the million-dollar question, who am I and why am I here? And I don't know about you, it's, it's quite sad that people are trying to prove who they are. I'm successful. I'm the best. I'm the busiest. I'm the richest. I'm the prettiest. I'm the smartest. I'm the, and we're proving through what we do who we are. But I want to ask the question Justin asked before, who is Jesus to you? Because yeah. when you know who Jesus is, you'll know who you are. Yeah. We'll know who we are. We don't have to find ourselves. He found us. Yeah. It says while we were still sinners, while we were afar off, while we were still antagonistic towards God, he came for us, sending his son to redeem us. And I love this quote by Ernest T. Campbell. It says, the two greatest days in your life are the day you were born and the day you realize why. Yeah. The day you were born yeah. and the day you realize why. I pray that again, or perhaps for the first time, we'll realize who we are and why we're here. Amen. Amen. In Galatians, it says this. Galatians 4, starting in verse 1, it says, what, am I saying? what I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he's no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to the guardians and trustees until the time set by the father. So also... When we were underage, we were in slavery under the eternal spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into their, our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Who am I? Who are you? We're children of God, heirs to the throne. Royalty by birth, called into the kingdom. And I love this. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. I love this because God is telling us who we are. You don't have to guess. You don't have to worry. You don't have to ponder. You don't have to study research. God is telling you who you are. And, and what I love is that God's, God's a builder. He, he builds and he creates things. Yeah. And when there was nothing, he spoke into nothing and created something. And he looked at all that he had created and said, it is good. Yeah. And, and he created man. And it goes on in Genesis 1, it says, uh, let us make man in our image. You are made in the image of God. I say this all the time, but you are made in the image of God filled with the Spirit of God, called to the purposes of God. But you are a direct reflection of God in the earth today. You can be, yeah. if we choose to be, but you are made in the image of God. And then he, then he commanded us to go forth and populate the earth and have dominion in it. You're an overcomer by birth. You're victorious by nature. That's, what's, that's the seed that has been planted on the inside of you. Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle the earth, on the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In his image, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the creeping things, everything. And it was, that was the sixth day. And God saw that it was good. Yeah. Life wants to label us. 
Society wants to label us. Circumstances want to label us. Our position wants to label You've been labelled. You were labelled before you were born. You were labelled by God before any other word was ever uttered over your life. So I want you to break any curse that's been spoken over your world, any lie that's been spoken over your life, anything that somebody said out of insecurity or anything else. Because God says you're loved and you're mine. You are loved and you are mine. Go forth into the earth. Populate it and live in dominion. Live in victory. Live in success because that's my will for your life. Amen. So God made us and then placed us in a realm where he expects us to overcome adversity and exercise authority. God expects that we will overcome adversity and exercise authority. Right now we're facing some adversity. Not like those in Afghanistan or Kabul, but we're facing adversity. Adversity of freedoms, adversity of thoughts, adversity of opinions. But God expects us to overcome adversities and exercise authority. You see, God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. When we stand in faith, when we find ourselves in Christ and we declare, it's like a creative force that we can speak towards our futures that we're going to walk into and enjoy. Is this helping anybody? We could just sing Playmaker again. God expects that our lives would imitate his in creating and building. What are you creating and what are you building? Through your words, through your actions, through your position of faith, through through your, what are you creating and what are you building? Because I want you to look back in a year's time and say, it is good. God was with me. He was ever present, always faithful. He never left me nor forsaken. And I declared and I prophesied in Jesus' name. And what I declared has come to pass. We are not subject to circumstance. We are not subject to the, the immediate. God goes before us, looking back beyond the bounds of time, and says, it is good. I'm I'm working all things together for your good. Don't live in fear. Nobody has to live in fear. We can live in anticipation of God's goodness. David said, I would have lost heart if I had not believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But you've got to live. And we've got to live. We've got to Arise, shine, for our light has come. We need to stand up excited and expectant, not just going through the motions. Yeah. I, I've shared this, this this statement before that most men die when they're 30 and we bury them when they're 80. Because yeah. they just stop living. Yeah. I, I've done my living. I've done my dreaming. I've done my building. I've done my creating. Now I just sit down and go, well, maybe this is as good as it gets. Can I tell you, this is never as good as it gets. Tomorrow's going to be better than today. It's promised and assured in God, no matter what we go through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I'm just encouraging myself this morning. But anyway. So God made you a certain way, in his image and likeness. So you're, you're made victorious. You're made empowered. You're made enlightened to exercise dominion. You're, you're a child of God. You're, a, you're an heir to the throne. You're an ambassador. You're entitled to all the rights and privileges of the kingdom. Are you walking in? Are you walking in what you're entitled to? So often we live under what we're called to exercise authority over. Don't, don't let the lie of the enemy steal your identity. See, because globally there's a, there's a pandemic of identity theft. Not just the virus, there's a pandemic. I don't know if you've received the email, the text, the phone call. This is the ATO, we're taking action, but if you just put $12,000 in our account today, we can get rid of this. People are trying to steal from you every day 
but not just physically, not just your physical identity and recreating a Facebook page or trying to get a job in your name. Or something. The, the enemy, yeah. our enemy, is trying to steal our spiritual authority yeah. wow. by confusing our identity. Wow. In Galatians it says this, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. But for each of us to realize our identity, we must fully submit to his sovereignty. You will never know who you are until you fully submit to the sovereignty of God in your life. Amanda was talking last week about seek first the kingdom, its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Not seeking what we can get, not seeking position, not seeking title, fame, or any other thing, but seeking first the kingdom. Can I encourage you? The smartest thing you'll ever do in life, the most effective thing, the most powerful thing you will ever do in life is seek first the kingdom. Seek first God. Seek first his will for your life. And there's a saying, we all know it, it's a little cliche, but it's, if God isn't Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. And and it's true. We don't want it to be true. I don't like that that's true. Because there's certain parts and certain things that I want to hide away. There's certain things that I want to do. But if God's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. And we are limiting his ability to touch our lives, to bless our lives, to increase and enlarge. Isaiah 54 says, enlarge the place. If God wants you to get bigger, he wants you to grow. He wants you to develop. He wants you to learn more, have more, be more, do more. But he wants you to not want him first. Amen? And, you know, to, to identify with Christ, we have to be found in Christ. And I can't just be a Sunday Christian. I can't just be Christian on Sunday and whatever, Monday to Saturday. I need to be in Christ, not in the world or not of the world. And I don't know if anybody's seen Iron Man. Great movie, great series. Well, Tony Stark is Tony Stark until he hops into the Iron Man suit. And when he gets into the Iron suit, he, he transforms to Iron Man. But that's like us in Christ. When we're in Christ, we're clothed. We're empowered. We have, we have powers we don't have in our own strength. God wants you to operate supernaturally in a natural world, to live beyond the bounds of the constructs of, of society as we know it, to live beyond circumstance, to live beyond uh, experience, trauma, drama, things that have been done. To God wants us to live beyond what we know in the natural realm. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anybody is in Christ, they're a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. You are a new creation in Christ. You're not the sum total of your experiences and, and what you've been through and what's been done to you. You are a new creation in Christ. We can become a new creation every day. Say, God, I'm with you. God, have your way in my life. God, let your will be outworked in my life. But to be in Christ, we can't be in the world. We can't think like the world. We can't act like the world. We can't communicate like the world. We can't submit to the world. And we can't respond like the world. It says if somebody slaps you on the face, offer them the other cheek. If somebody asks for your shirt, give them your jacket as well. What? It's countercultural. But Isaiah 55 says God's ways aren't our ways and his thoughts. How are we going to change the world? By doing things God's ways, not our own. 
by listening to the Holy Spirit, by opening our eyes and seeing what God wants to show. There is somebody that God wants you to bless this week. There is some, and, and it might just be a smile. It might just be an encouraging word. It might just, I don't know what it is, but I want to encourage you. You can see a life transformed this week if you just open wide your eyes, open wide your mouth and speak of the goodness of God. But the, the, as I was saying, the, the enemy wants to, and he will do all that he can to steal your identity so you can't function in your authority. If he can confuse who you are spiritually, if he can confuse who you are, who is Jesus? Who is God? If he can confuse that equation in your mind, he will nullify your authority in life. Yeah. We need to know who he is. And, and I wrote this down as thing. He wants you to feel emotions that are not real and fear what doesn't exist. We can't live life based on our emotions. Yeah. You know, 1 Peter 5 says, Be self-controlled and alert because your adversary, the enemy, roams around like a roaring lion, roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take from you. God wants to get to you. God wants you to walk in peace. God wants you to walk in the Spirit. God wants you to walk in authority and certainty and, and in love. That's what God wants for you. Not in your circumstances. Not in your momentary troubles. What it calls it, these light and momentary afflictions are just for a moment. They're fleeting. But the, the blessing, the, the promise, the, the favor of God is eternal. The cool thing is you can feel emotions, but you don't have to be controlled by them. Again, your ears, you're royal. You're a direct reflection of God in the earth today. How good is God? I just want to remind us of that this morning. How good is God? God is good, and he's for you, and he is the way maker. He does bring light in dark situations. He will heal you. He will deliver you. He will carry you and sustain you through the challenges of life but not for you, for those that he's bringing across your path to reflect his goodness to. You know, there's a story of the prodigal son. I love this story. In Luke 15, starting in verse 11, it says, Then he said, a man, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So he divided them. He divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and wasted his possessions with prodigal living. When he'd spent all the, the uh, um, arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in one. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, I love that. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He arose, came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him, which seems really awkward and cumbersome, but he he gave him a hug. Kissed him. Said, I love you, son. Amen. Amen. All right. You're very quiet. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer to be worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, I, I love this. His son who was wasted half of everything he's worked his entire life for. His son who has lived the direct opposite to how he's been raised. His son who has who has done everything you could to, to run from 
but what, what he was created to be, comes back and says, I'm not worthy of anything. Just make me like, and his father ignores him. <coughs> he says, God, I've sinned. I've fallen short. I've hurt your name. I've hurt the family name. It says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and found, and they began to be married. You ever felt like that? You've taken a journey intentionally or unintentionally, and you found yourself where you didn't think or want to be. A place where you questioned your identity and worth in life. I have. That was this guy. He, he, he said, you know what, I'm not a son. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worthy of what is bestowed to me. I, just make me like one of your servants. This is a picture of, of God to us. Because we've all taken that journey in some form, in some manner, in some way. We've all journeyed away from God, accidentally or intentionally. And we've come back up, who is God? Who is, who is Jesus? Who am I? But I love it. God is so good. You know what? You might be there right now. I want to encourage you to seek Jesus. See, there's no condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's only open arms. There's only a father running towards you to hug you and kiss you and welcome you back into the family. It says this. The father says to his servants. The son said to his father, make me as one of your servants. The father says to the servants, bring me the best robe which is an indication that his position of a son is being reinstated to him. You've, made, you've found your way home. You've made your way back. I'm going to celebrate because you are my son. Today, let me remind us, you are sons and daughters of God. The, the, the position, the title of son or daughter is reinstated to you every time you open wide your arms to God. The second thing he says, bring a ring, which speaks of the father's authority given to the son. He could make decisions. He could, he could purchase things in his father's name. I want to encourage you, the devil's going to try and steal your spiritual identity, to, to, to steal the authority that you have in life, that you have authority in Christ Jesus to speak and to create, to declare and to experience because God is with you and for you. The, the third thing was sandals. It was the restoration of position within the family. He would never be seen or treated as a servant. You need to know that in life we, we are called. We are chosen, we are blessed, we are favoured, we are redeemed, every single one of us. That's who you are. And you are that because of who he is. And you can stand in that position, you can stand with assurance, not as people say, not arrogantly, not, not with this, I'm lording it over you. You can just know who you are. So the, the labels don't stick, so the lies don't, don't fly in your world. Because God sees you a different way. And... I love it because Moses was redeemed. He was meant to die. Moses was meant to die, but he, he was redeemed and he was raised an Egyptian, though he was a Hebrew. God made a way. Joseph was redeemed. He was loved by his father, but hated by his brothers. Sold into slavery and ends up finding his way to become the second in charge 
in all of the land because God redeemed his circumstance. I feel like a word for somebody is today, God wants to redeem your circumstances. No matter how you see yourself, no matter where you find yourself, God will do a divine turnaround and he will turn your circumstances around. That which man meant for evil, he means for good. And good will come and good will be in the mighty name of Jesus. But who are you? Who are we? I'm glad you asked. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. There is an entitlement for your life. You are, you, you are entitled to become a child of God. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's not up to God whether we live as heirs. Whether we live as legitimate kids, that's up to us. But we have to take the first step. Ephesians 1, 1 5 says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted and beloved. You're chosen. God chooses you. You know, whether you're at school and they're picking teams, and I'll take Jimmy and I'll take Ben and I'll have Stephen and I'll. God chooses you every time he chooses you. You're chosen. You're loved. You're accepted. You're delighted. And he chooses you. Romans 5, 15, 7 says, Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. You're accepted. I don't know if you've ever had school guard, schoolyard, you know, appearances. Nobody likes you. You're not accepted or been at work and everybody's talking about you behind your back or something. You're accepted. Look beyond the immediate. It says we fight not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. The things that control these people are not their human nature or emotions. It's spiritual forces behind that. But you are accepted by God. Colossians says, but in, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. You're complete. Somebody said it before. It might have been George. You're enough. You need to know that you're enough. Right now, right where you're at, you are enough. Just keep growing and developing in God. Just keep stepping out your faith day by day, by day, by day, by day. You're complete. You're enough. But God will add to and layer who you are. Is this helping anybody? I'm nearly done. Romans 6, 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. You're free from the past. You are free from the past. You're, you're not the decisions you made yesterday. I love what Pete said. I can do things and feel good about it because I did something and immediately I, or, or that can become my nature. I'm free from the past. I'm not what I used to do. I used to do certain things, but I'm not what I used to do because I'm set free from sin. I'm set free from the past. I'm set free from, from the enemy that had a, a hold on my life. Genesis 1, so God created man in his image, the image of God. He created male and female. He created them. You're a scale model of the original. You're a replica of God. Have you ever seen a, a, a replica of a car, a, a one to a hundred scale model? It's a direct representation of, of the original, of the real thing. You are a replica of God. And that's hard to comprehend and that's hard to take in. But God says it, not me. He says you're purposed and empowered. So I want to encourage us this morning, I want to challenge us this morning, what are you doing with your life? What are you creating and what are you building?
Don't let the enemy steal your identity so you don't act in, effectively in authority. Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set your heart. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. You are set apart and anointed. There's giftings and anointings on your life that are unique to you that God gave you. Use them. Operate in them. Work them. Do them. If it's generosity, be generous. If it's, if it's, if it's encouragement, be encouraging. If it's setting people free from demonic activity, do what, it, do what you do, but do it. Because when we throw that, that stone into the pond, that ripple starts to emanate outwards. 1 Peter 2.9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You no longer walk in darkness. You don't have to walk in fear. You're royalty. You are set apart, chosen. There's a crown upon your head. Walk with your, with your shoulders back, your chest out, knowing this is who I am. Because when I know that I'm royalty, I know that I can bring change. I know that I can affect people. I know that I can inspire others. When I walk, have you ever seen a royal wedding? Have you ever seen? It's, it, it, it does something to you. You, you see the horses, you see the carriages, you see the, the fine apparel, you see the way they hold themselves, you see the military guard on either side, you see, it's, there's a weight to it. That is us. That is the church. But is the, is the world seeing the church as it should? Is the world seeing God as it should? Are we standing as we should in life? Anyway, just a thought. Galatians 3, I've only got two more and then we're done. And we're going to coffees, lattes, lunch, salad rolls, whatever you want. Galatians 3.27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you're Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What does that mean? You're blessed. You have to know that when God created you and said that it was good, that he spoke a blessing over your life. Walk under the banner of blessing every day. Don't walk under the label of, of inferiority or, or of fear or of any other thing. Walk under the banner of I am blessed. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, when my feet hit the ground, I am blessed. I'm blessed of, of heaven. God favors me. God goes before me. There's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that's going to take me down. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I am blessed. I am favored. But I have to step that out every day. It's one thing to know it in you. I want you to act it. I want you to live blessed. I want you to live favored. I want you to live rising above everything that comes against you. Because it, it will come against you. But like Justin was saying, if Jesus is in your boat, it doesn't matter what storm comes against you. You will always make it to the other side. I'm going to finish with this. 1 John 3, 1, 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it does not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see as he is. You're loved. Just note that you're loved. And there's times where we don't feel loved by any other person or our circumstances, or any other thing that, if, if we're walking through anything right now, it's, it's, a, it's an attack of division in the earth. But you are, and you're not, and you, you don't, and you do. And 
You're loved. You're accepted. You're favored. You're blessed. You're empowered. You're chosen. God is for you and not against you. I want you to walk the next seven days out thinking those thoughts. Because that is who he is. He's the way maker. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.